Welcome to On Air in the Cloud, the podcast where we interview people working with technology in interesting ways. This episode is number five, and you are joined by Gregor Sutty, Matt Boyd, and Keith Atherton. In this episode, we're going to speak to John Lund. John, welcome. Please introduce yourself. Hey, Keith. Yeah, glad to be here. So, uh, yeah, as you said, my name is John Lund. Um, I've been working um, in, in the Azure space now predominantly for the last kind of seven or eight years. Uh, recently moved over to Microsoft uh, as, as an Azure specialist. So, um, yeah, really happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. That's great. Cool. Uh, you briefly mentioned there that you're, you're an Azure specialist at Microsoft. What does that entail and what do you enjoy about the job? Yeah, really, really good question, Matt. I think it's one of those things, I think, isn't it, with job titles? I think we've all been there where, you know, one one job title means something completely different to the next. But I guess the best way to put um, an Azure specialist is it's, it's fundamentally in a sales team. So it's almost like a pre-sales um, technical um, expert, if you like, in that arena that really is there to, in, in Microsoft terms, is to help um, maximize the benefits that Microsoft customers are getting with the products and services that, that, that they're effectively purchasing. So when it comes to an Azure specialist, you know, if um, I'm aligned to, at the minute this year, this new FY that Microsoft has just started, uh, I've got 13 accounts um, within that account team. If you imagine it's made up of many different experts in different fields, I happen to be the one that lands in the Azure infrastructure field. Um, whenever a customer has got any technical issues, any commercial gripes or issues, you know, they have to be a managed customer. So they have to be consuming a certain amount of spend in Microsoft's eyes. Um, but I'm on the hook for basically making making the world right, um, however that might look uh, in terms of the customer's eyes, because, you know, there's there's all sorts of things that can go out, like I say, whether it be technical or commercial, or a little bit in the, in, in, uh, you know, in, in the middle there where, um, you know, training and knowledge and, you know, upskilling of, of customers and some of the wider teams and customer accounts. So it's a bit of a, um, yeah, a bit of a blended salesy slash technical role, effectively, Matt, if that makes sense. But uh, yeah, specialists can mean lots of different things, can't it? Yeah, yeah, very much so. And uh, before Microsoft, you were, you were at BT, I think. Um, right. And so... Um, how does the Azure specialist role at Microsoft differ to what you were doing previously? Is it yeah. a similar thing? Well, hugely, to be honest, Matt. I think um, when, when I was at BT, I was predominantly technical. So I got to the position of a technical architect in, like I said, I worked pretty much across the only part of the Microsoft Cloud I hadn't really touched was Dynamics. I hadn't really done a lot with Dynamics, but I kind of worked my way through 365, you know, with BT. So over the last kind of 10 years prior to joining Microsoft. So very much in the technical space, you know, through consultancy, through to architecture level. Um, so, yeah, you can imagine, I think, the, what 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 triggered it for me to kind of, uh, you know, I joke with people going over to the dark side of sales. And, and I, I truly don't see it as sales as such. It's more, you know, listening to customers' problems. A bit like you do as, a, as an architect. You, you're kind of listening to what the customer has as a challenge and you're using technology to address those issues fundamentally in, in the best way that you can, you, kind of, you can kind of come up with in terms of, whatever that issue might be. But I suppose that the, the main differences are that, you know, I'm I'm not on the hook as such anymore for kind of designing and delivering those platforms. I'm there to kind of help guide and, you know, kind of move forward in whatever respect that particular solution might look like. But then my role includes bringing in partners, bringing in other technical specialists or, or 
um, cloud solutions architects, as they're known in, in, in Microsoft, to kind of help deploy and deliver some of those solutions. So, yeah, it's, it's more of a, a sales slant, I guess, um, compared to what I was doing at BT, if that makes sense. Yeah, cool. John, um, I've always wondered this question. How much of a fire hose is it when you join Microsoft in terms of emails, like Teams messages, all of the information that you need to take in? How big a fire hose is it actually? Well, I, I think I remember saying this somebody before, but I, I remember when I first got MVP from Microsoft, and I think, Gregor, I mentioned it to you, it was like, my goodness, is just so much that you literally you've got access to all these different chat groups, all these different kind of um, um, uh, e- e- email domains and things like that. And uh, yeah, it's just this kind of constant bombardment of information that you can kind of dip into and dip out of. And to be honest, joining Microsoft as a full-time employee, it's, it's much the same. I think you've got, you know, my like I, I think my calendar now is, is permanently double, if not travel booked, you know, most days. And I think, of course, you know, you get the usual kind of, blanket of emails that are kind of covering, you know, various different training opportunities. So you can imagine the stuff that goes out to the, to the public and the community is a fraction of what you see internally. There's lots of internal, you know, you can jump on this course, that course, the other course, you know, there's always, um, every day there's probably two or three, um, you know, hour sessions that we can jump on to kind of skill up in a particular topic area. And it's up to you, you know, to make your own time. But yeah, nothing changes, to be honest, Gregor. I think it's one of those things that in tech, certainly over the last few years, I think Satya said a few years back now that it's you know, it's about tech intensity. And I, I I, don't know about you guys, but I start to see it slow down a little bit now, I think. Now we're kind of in this age of the AI era where everything's going to be AI-ified. Um, I don't know. Things seem to be, to me anyway, from my perspective, seem to be kind of broadening out a little bit now. We've, we've gone through the whole DevOps movement. We're starting to get a feel for what that actually means. And do you know what I mean? The industry seems to be slowing down in a certain regard, if that makes sense. But of course, the focus seems to be changing slightly now. But um, yeah, yeah, bombardment of information is, is still very much part of that, I think. Do you ever find it overwhelming? Like, do you ever look at your inbox and just go, oh my of God? Course. Oh, 100%. I think, you know, anybody that says any 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 different, you know, I, I, it's one of those things, isn't it, in work is that, you, you know, we all want an easy life, you know, but I think fundamentally what I've, I've always worked in, you know, the, not so much the, the more pressure I'm under, but the more I've got to do and the more fulfilling, meaningful work that I've got to do, like, you, you just find that work fulfillment. Like if I'm, you know, if I've got a customer that's asking, you know, 101 questions, I love that because it's like, well, actually, they, they're coming to me for some help and, and some assistance. So I love to be able to turn around and go, look, I've got loads on, bear with me. I'm going to get to those things, you know, but, but bear with. Um, I, I think, you know, I'd much rather that than than it be quiet and twiddling my thumbs and, you know, and 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 not a lot to do. You know, believe me, I think, I, you know, you know what it's like when you when you have a little bit of holiday, which I've had over the last two weeks now. It's a bank holiday today and, you know, going back into work tomorrow and, can see that inbox creeping up. I think I'm up to about the 400 email mark, and I'm one of those people that likes to try and keep my inbox down to the, you know, the, the work in progress, the minimum. So I'm looking at that, thinking, right, okay, there's at least two to three days worth of email sifting there now coming up. So, um, but yeah, it's it's good. You, you know, it's it's the whole slightly cliched thing. You know, no no day is is the same as the next. You know, it's all good good uh, interesting work. I think is 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 the point. You know, I, I'm certainly learning new things that I would never have learned if I was in my technical architect's position, you know, when it comes to the commercial side of the business and how, you know, um, C-level 
boards kind of operate and the kind of questions that they ask. And, you know, sometimes they can be really off the wall and you think, well, why are they asking that? And you actually give it a bit of time and then it kind of things sink in. You think, oh, okay, right. You see things from different perspectives now, which, you know, which is to, to be honest, what I hope to get out of this move to Microsoft is um, as much as I love being purely technical, um, I almost felt like I'd been technical for so long. It was time to change. And then, yeah, it just opens up into this whole new world, which, yeah, you could quite easily get overwhelmed. And I think it's down to you as an individual then how you how you handle that because you know we all know you know the, the the problems with kind of burnout and you know trying to stay on it and do too much. But I think if you can be that slightly level headed, realize that you know Rome wasn't built in a day, and it doesn't matter if you don't answer that one email, then I think you'll get on quite well. But it, but there is a lot. I must admit, there is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that does sound interesting as well. Like you say, the different perspectives, different questions, dealing with different organizations and people. Um, but along those lines of keeping busy as well and potentially being overwhelmed, you do take on other things outside of the role as well, don't you, John? You know, like the Welsh Azure user group, you know, that, that you organize, you know, that, that's got a regular cadence. Um, do, you, um, do you find it tricky to find time for these extra things outside of a busy day job? Yeah, again, really, really good question. I think, you know, we, we're all in the community, right? You know, everybody on this call is, 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 is has, has played a part in the community, you know, over, over the last few years at least. And I think certainly when I was, when I was working at BT, I had a little bit more free time in the terms of, um, you know, I, I could manage my time a lot easier you know, in my day job, if that makes sense. And and I was almost given that kind of free reign to be able to do a lot with the community because one, it was something I wanted to do. Two, it was great in terms of, you know, upskilling and knowledge uh, sharing and things like that. But then honestly, when I moved to Microsoft, I thought, well, I'm going to deliberately kind of put that on pause to a certain extent. Like you say, Keith, I'm still kind of part of the Welsh Show Use Group, which has been running, you know, really well since well, I think it's three years, actually. This is going to be our three-year mark now, August, um, which has been like a monthly cadence over that three years. But I used to do a lot more, as you know. You know, back last year, before I joined Microsoft, I was involved in quite a lot. And I really do want to get back to doing a lot more. But I think the the change of the job and the the, the, amount, the, the amount that the role is, is so full on, by the end of each day, I must admit, I'm pretty pooped. And I think... What changed it for me, which I knew was going to come, was when when I first started full on with community. We were in the you know the, the the middle of COVID where we were you know we were all locked down. We all had far more time on our hands to be able to do you know a lot of the the cool fun stuff that we do in community as well. I always knew in the back of my mind it was like you know I got three young kids. The kids are all involved in activities. I'm married. You know I've got there's there's other pressures as as we all have you know, and I think trying to find that that balance, you know, is, is, is key to it as well. You know, for, for many things, you know, we, 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 we've probably all suffered that kind of wanting to do too much or wanting to do things or prioritizing probably the wrong thing on occasion, if we're honest with ourselves. And I did that quite a lot to a certain extent. And I think um, I'm with Microsoft now. The job is great. The job is full on. Don't have a lot of time during the day anymore with, in terms of being able to do a lot with community in the evenings, my kids are back to their activities, dragging me from pillar to post, you know, dad, 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 dad's taxi. But at some stage, I, I want to get back to that regular cadence, albeit probably on a on a lot like kind of smaller impact basis. But um, but yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of 
lot of stuff to consider, I suppose, now. So, yeah. Uh, that's great. And talking of the Welsh Azure user group as well, have you had any highlights over those three years or so? Yeah, well, to be honest, we hit, we, we, the, the group started off, it was a, a dormant Cardiff-based tech group um, that we kind of picked up. I, At the time, I think I was looking for a group to join or to be part of down in South Wales. Um, and I was reached out to actually by a couple of people that work in Microsoft, um, Anna and Matt, and we, we kind of renamed it to the Welsh. And, and in hindsight, I don't know why we, you know, we, we chose the, the term Welsh because we were all based in South Wales. But as as we all know, COVID kind of steered us down the, 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 the global kind of audience that we've kind of all got now with user groups. And so, and, and we only ever did the one hybrid events and we've not yet gone back to in-person, which again is something that we wanted to go down. But um, yeah, you know, we, we, we started, the, it's, it's gone great. I mean, early doors, we, we had some of the great kind of rock star names on, um, which really kind of built up the momentum of the group, you know, early doors we had, you know, the late Abel Wang joined us. That was a phenomenal kind of, um, you know, Christmas event. I remember us doing one year with some great, you know, kind of giveaways and prizes. We had Scott Hanselman, John Savile, you know, we've had some of the big rock star names across, you know, our, our little area, if you like. And and so it's been great. And not to say that we, you know, we, we've not been focused on trying to build that momentum up again, but I think, I think everybody that runs a use group, you know, you guys, you, you, you're involved in use groups. You, I don't know if you feel the same as me, but it's almost like we had this era of everybody staring at video screens for a long time. And it's felt that it kind of naturally burned itself out, you know, got back out to being able to travel to work and we've got back into that swing of things. So I don't know, people aren't necessarily that free anymore of an evening. So I think it's naturally, you know, in-person seems to be the way that it should go now, I think, you know, to, to try to try and build up that in-person networking things. I think that's clearly a, a massively important part of, you know, user groups, which is something that we as the Welsh Azure user group haven't yet got around to organize, you know, for all the reasons I mentioned earlier, you know, it's almost like, yeah, we'll do that. We'll aim to do it in September. September's coming. It's like, oh, do you know what? Really haven't got that time, right? Let's move it to, it's, unfortunately, it's gone like that for me, which is not something I'd like, but I, I understand why it's got like that, if that makes sense, Keith. Cool. Um, so, I mean, you, you briefly mentioned it there, apart from the, the, the lack of time you've got for for your extracurricular activities, um, you're saying, you know, that the job's great and you, you, you're enjoying it at Microsoft. Are you, are you living kind of your, your personal dream now? Is there anything that you would change with the job um, if you had the opportunity to? Yeah, again, brilliant question. Because I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, certainly if you're, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm generalizing a little bit, but certainly if you're of, you know, where, where you look at us on the call, where we're all of the same kind of genre and probably similar backgrounds. But, you know, we, 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 I'm guessing that Microsoft is one of those places for, for, for folk like us, you know, in that kind of genre, if you like, or, or kind of um, personal background. I've always held it as one of those companies that I'd really love to work for one day and always kind of held it on, on you know, on its own pedestal. Um, you know, I'm sure it's like that for, for other, 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 other parts of the industry. But I think now I've joined, you know, would I change anything about the job? And I, I, do you know, I've, I've given this a lot of thought now because I've been there, well, I'm coming up to about 11, 10, 10 months now. So surprisingly, it'll be a year in November that I've been at Microsoft. And... I'm not sure that there's much about the job that I would change. I suppose the one thing that I, I has kind of 
the observation I've made about working at Microsoft is that rightly or wrongly, to a certain extent, you are but a number, right? And I think unless you're prepared to push yourself into those kind of superstar kind of community kind of echelons, which we know does isn't necessarily there for job kind of um what what's the word, but isn't necessarily going to protect protect you from any of the the economic problems that, that certainly Microsoft and other big tech firms have had over the last few years. So I mean my my thoughts are not so much would I change the role I'm in, but what opportunities does Microsoft afford me now? You know, it's it's almost okay, I've taken the leap from technical architect, which to be honest, I never thought I would ever move from. I thought this is the role I'm going to be doing. This is what I'm going to be doing till I till I retire. Um, you know, it was only it was just one of those common running jokes, which I'm sure you you, you know you guys have probably been involved with, where you're you're wheeled in by a sales you know account team or a sales rep, and you kind of sat in front of the customer because the sales team don't quite know how to interpret a particular technical requirement, and and you're able to hold a conversation with the customer. All of a sudden, you know, you've you've won a contract, or you've won a project, and and you're in there delivering it now. We know, you know, technical works, you know, when you're able to hold that conversation. And so I always joked when I was at BT, it's like, well, I'd love to move, you know, into a into a more sales role. I can, you know, get my hand on some of those big bonuses that all those sales folk get, you know, get get paid every now and again. You know, kind of jokingly, partly tongue in cheek, but but it is true to a certain extent. And and I guess it comes down to then, you know, for me, what what motivates me to do my job? Then is it is it money? Is it the job? And and you know, hopefully you'll you'd have seen certainly because we're all involved in community yeah money's nice don't get me wrong money is something that we all need to pay our bills and you know do stuff with the family and and, and whatnot but it's not the be all and end all so when i joined microsoft albeit in a sales role and i knew there were potential to have some of these kind of nice chunky bonuses so to speak as part of that role that wasn't the driving factor for me you know i made made sure that if if, if i got bonuses then they truly were bonuses but it's more about now, actually, now I'm in Microsoft and I'm seeing them. And don't get me wrong, it's true what they say, that you are surrounded by a lot of very, very, very clever people, okay? And that that's whichever way you turn. There's a lot of capable, clever, passionate people in Microsoft, which is, which is really great. It's a breath of fresh air, if I'm being honest. That's been a real plus that I picked up. Um, but it's more about, right, where, where can I take my career now you know it's like what 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 would i want to do and it's made me genuinely sit down for the first time in a, in a number of years and go actually where, where is technology heading you know what what part do i want to play in that now and you know and clearly ai data and ai is is the place to be you know in, in over, over the coming years now and, and you know i'm sitting there thinking right i work for microsoft you know arguably one of the largest tech firms globally um you know or, or, or at least one of the most known tech companies globally. Um, and it's almost like there's so many opportunities there. Where, where do I want, where do I see my career going? Which, you know, is it, a great place to be. But equally, like I say, you know, it's had its downsides as well, since even since I started there. So um, yeah, hopefully that makes a better sense, Matt, in terms of not so much, I wouldn't change the job. I, I guess once you start breaking down a role into all these different macro parts, I think every job is very similar, you know, certainly within Microsoft as well, is that there's good parts, there's bad parts, there's things that run really well, there's things that run terribly, you know, and, and I think that's the point, is that you're there as a capable, hopefully somebody with a, a switched on mentality that, you know, you, you're there to overcome the good and the bad of the role and, and make it good 
for a customer, if that makes sense. So, um, so I don't think there's anything specifically about the job I'm doing now. I've still got lots to learn. Let's face it. You know, I've only been there 10 months now about the role. I still got a hell of a lot to learn myself. But I think the one thing, like I say, I've observed is the opportunity that, that working somewhere like Microsoft kind of gives you, you know, you can sit back and think, right, where, where genuinely where, and Microsoft, you know, genuinely speaking with the managers, they want you to be like that, which is brilliant, you know, because it kind of, you've got their people there championing, championing, championing your career with you, if that makes sense, which, um, which I think is a good place to be. So yeah, ask me in a year's time. We'll see where I am then. See, see what's, uh, see what's going on. But yeah, enjoying it so far. Sounds good, John. Sounds good. What's the, I guess I'm going to ask, what's the most interesting conversation or tech you've had on a call with a customer? Intre- um, <clears throat> right, probably a bit of a curveball answer now, and, and I, I probably can't say too much about it, but the most interesting position I've been in so far is, is actually a security, a cyber breach with one of my customers, and actually what Microsoft can do and has done and does do to kind of step into that fold you know i don't know about you guys but i've been involved personally in in in, in not, not a huge number but a number of you know security incidents over the over the years as you know we, we all kind of get to do if, if you're in the industry long enough you, you you're going to hit one of those things at least once or twice but yeah i think i don't know if that's a bit of a curveball answer but yeah speaking with one of one of my customers unfortunately got hit by quite a quite a serious ransomware um, attack. And really the interesting part there was how much could I step up to help that customer in that moment when they realized that was going on? Um, what could I do? What levers did I have to pull on with the, the power of Microsoft behind me? And how serious would Microsoft step up to support one of their customers? And what what else could be done to, to support a customer in that instance? And really seeing what happened in that on that occasion really wasn't something I'd ever been exposed to, you know, and I wouldn't have ever been exposed to in, in any previous job. And it was really, really interesting to see how Microsoft step up and what Microsoft do and what Microsoft can offer, as well as actually the 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 the, the interest in what goes into a cyber attack, you know, in terms of how does that impact customers, you know, how does that impact a business? And you know, honestly, it, it's one of those things where we've all seen the whole, we all know security is front and center in any conversation. And if it's not, it should be. I think once you've kind of seen a company and, and certainly a customer that you're helping go through some of that, honestly, you know, anybody listening now, I mean, just 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 get on top of your security. It's that simple. I mean, if you don't, you, 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 you know, don't say you weren't warned. And I think the unfortunately the state of play at the moment is that it just feels that security incidents are, are, are you know on the rise on a on a day daily basis at the moment so i think you know security it's 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 emphasized and again look it sounds like i've stuck my sales hat on here and everybody run out and go and buy e5 and go and get your sentinel and your, you know defender of a cloud setup but honestly i, I mean it, it is that i mean without sounding like a salesperson you, you boil it all down and think well actually what do we need to do and they are the things that you need to do, you know? So it's almost like, yeah, um, like I say, the, and, and, and I suppose it's one of those things that once you see that and experiences it in today, uh, in today's landscape of what does that actually entail? Again, I'm, I, I probably can't go into it too much. Happy to have a chat offline, but um, yeah, there's some real serious, scary things that go on and you think, wow, really? Didn't realize it was quite like that. So that's 
be an interesting one. But um, yeah, hopefully that answers the question, Gregor. Great. And um, talking about the the community work you've done there, uh, John, we talked about your, your Johnny Chips YouTube channel, and that's been a favorite of mine. I know many of us are big fans of that. So you've had various formats, different shows on there, like Johnny Chips Weekly, In Conversation With, Schooled In, and so on. Um, amongst those, what did you enjoy the most? This, speaking to, to like-minded folk across, across the community, this is what you know even now me doing this for a, for a for a half an hour is great because i get to speak with you know you guys you know which we we've all been speaking over the last few years you know in and out of the community but honestly i think i, I mentioned to I, I think i've mentioned to to all of you at some point actually that when i was doing the one series i did where you know i was speaking with people across community just doing like a, a 45 minute kind of interview kind of style conversation I didn't realize at the start, but, but but Gregor, you're doing it now with the amount of folks that you're interviewing on your podcast. And I don't know, you, we'll have to have a catch up once you once you kind of hit that hundred mark or something. Because when I got to that length of, I've had literally a 45 minute, an hour conversation with well over a hundred people from across the community, from all different backgrounds, different walks of life, different geographies, different technical skills, capabilities. And, it, and, I, and I enjoyed every single one of those conversations. I think when you get to the end and you look back, you feel almost like you've got this like in, inert knowledge that you've gained from it that you never would have planned on. You know, you didn't certainly didn't start off thinking I'm going to interview you know 100 people because I want to gem up on this bit of information. You just get this inert feeling of okay, you, you start to feel you know. I just don't get me wrong. You know, there's, <laughs> you never know everything, do you? But you know, you get this level of okay you can start to feel how the um the community is and the, the tech industry is at large if that makes sense which was a little bit of a, a a funny one but yeah definitely speaking with the people across the community was the best part of it there i think um it's always nice to, to reach out and speak to others yeah completely agree and i guess amongst the people you've spoken to was there anything that really caught you off guard you know you spoke to someone like oh by the way i used to be an astronaut you know it's just casually thrown in some kind of surprise you just didn't expect from someone do you know what there were there were a few guests that kind of you know raised a few things i remember speaking with a guy that worked, um, oh, he, he worked at Tesla and he was a robotics engineer and he had a lot to say about robotics and, and you know, caught me by surprise. So I didn't realize when I got him on that, that that's where he was working. So that that was a cool one. Um, Mike Pfeiffer was another one for me. So you, you guys all know Mike Pfeiffer. And I know he's taken a little bit of a hiatus from social media as of late. But um, I tell you, Mike Pfeiffer, I don't know, there was something about Mike when... He, he actually reached out to me early doors when I was doing the, you know, first starting up the Johnny Chip stuff and he, you know, he could see what I was up to. And he reached out to me to go on his podcast at the time. But that man spoke so much sense with a certain element of this, this, this clarity that it was almost like, I don't know, it felt weird. But, you know, to say it, it's almost like I felt drawn to somebody like Mike because it was like I, I resonated with everything he was saying. It's almost like you know, you're a middle-aged white guy in the IT industry. You're, you're this, this, this kind of, you, you're the majority. Do you know what I mean? But he had this way of speaking to things about how do you, how do you reach out to others? How do you help others? How do you, you, you know, how do you put yourself out there? Almost market yourself to a certain extent as that person that is there to help anybody and every, you know, everybody and anybody in the industry. 
And so that it, it sounds a little bit cliche, but honestly, it was a profound thing at the time when Mike reached out. I thought, Christ, I've known Mike for so many years, not not known him personally, but you know, read his blog articles and kind of followed him through um, the community. So that was a bit of a uh, a nice part of community because you realize all these people that over the years you've as an individual you've held on a you know you put them on a pedestal and thought you know they are the messiah they are the kings of this all of a sudden you're rubbing shoulders with these folks and you you're just having a chat and if if i'd managed to get out to a few more you know face-to-face events undoubtedly shared a beer or two with you know with some of these people that have been kind of paramount to my own career moving forward you know um, Tim Warner, you know Mike Pfeiffer, all of those guys. It was it was great to kind of be able to to start to get to know those folks, albeit on a, on a very small level. But um, yeah, there's been well, and of course, all you guys on this call. You know, what, what can I say? That I'm I'm on a call with Gregor City and Keith <laughs> Keith and Matt. It's like you know, it's, you, you, we laugh and we joke about it, but it is one of those things. That I think everybody's inspiring the next person, right? So everybody's inspiring people to take that first step of doing an Azure Fundamentals exam. And I think to to us, you know, to seasoned people that have been in the industry for a while, we, we just think it's nothing. And it kind of is nothing to us because it's knowledge that we already have and we just feel, yeah, there's no problem, we can put it out there. But to people that aren't in that position and want to be in that position, it's everything, right? Uh, you know, and, and so I, I think... It's maybe sit back and think, well, you know, how, how, how good of an impact are you guys doing across the industry at the minute? And like I say, it's um, it's clear to see. And, and I think that's that's the thing. So I waffled on a little bit there, Keith, in my answer. But I think, yes, people have said different things. But I think what it boils down to is having that is that profound kind of the impact that everybody is having in the community just by doing these kinds of shows, you know, doing these podcasts, having a chat with others, just um, getting to know each other. I think it's um, it's hugely important, and you know it's good to see you guys are still going strong whilst I'm fending off the the full time employment of Microsoft at the moment, looking for a, a chance to get back to it. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to uh, pick your brain about who who next to get on. Um, yeah. Um, you you briefly touched on it um, like in a in a previous uh, answer, but. Um, you say, you know, kind of at Microsoft, you feel like it's part of the time you're just a number, you know, kind of it, it, it's um, it's such a big place. Uh, when when all of the big tech firms kind of went through their their layoffs at the beginning of the year, I mean, were you worried for, for your own role or sort of how that would change my, how Microsoft operated? Of course. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, <clears throat> you know, it, just because John Lunner joined Microsoft didn't make me any you know, less of a potential to, to be picked off, even though I joined literally a month or two before. And yeah, it was, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think you have a certain level of confidence in your own abilities with your job history. You know, I, I, I knew to a certain extent that if I were to be laid off, then I, I, I'd probably be able to find a role relatively quickly, you know, something that I'd be happy with at least, because we know that the industry is is crying out for people in, in this space anyway. But at the same time, it's not great going into a company and then getting the redundancy notice, you know, a month or two, two later, which was is completely was and is and still is completely out of my hands. So absolutely, you know, it's, it's you know, I, it's difficult because you kind of understand it at one level why the likes of, I mean, you know, AWS, Amazon kind of kicked things off, didn't they? Well, Tesla and Twitter, I think, kicked it off as well at the, at the start, didn't they? But 
you know, when you look at the hyperscalers like like Amazon that that, are, that they obviously did, and then Microsoft, the amount that they laid off, um, yeah, it was very close to home. There were people literally that joined the same time as me that were tapped on the shoulder and said, unfortunately. So I was absolutely there thinking, well, could be me at some point soon. Um, luckily, I've managed to kind of get through that round of passes. But, you know, I mean, are we out the woods yet? Hopefully, I, but none of us really know, I think, is the reality. It could, could come at any time. And I suppose that's what I meant by you just remember. I didn't mean it in a derogatory or or negative way. But I think because of the size of Microsoft, you know, you, you can't expect people to go, Oh yeah, you're that you know Johnny Chips, the the, the guy that runs the Welsh. No, nobody really knows, or, or I, I, dare I say, cares. Of course, people care, but nobody knows. And the point is, with Microsoft, they hire such a, a, a fantastic level of talent into the organisation. It sounds like I'm blowing my own trumpet here, doesn't it? But they they they've got such an, a massive amount of you know brilliant people, you know brilliant workforce. You know, simply and any any anyone you speak to. Uh, you're blown away with the the amount of knowledge and capability that they have. You know, is, is my observation at Microsoft. But you know, it's like when you're hit with a negative downturn of you know, clearly a company has got to resize to you know kind of <clears throat> you know meet what's going on in the marketplace. We're all having to do it in our own personal lives, right? I mean, our our own energy bills are skyrocketing. Where just had my car insurance renewal, it's doubled, and it's like, what's going on? So. I think we can all get it. Still doesn't take away the fact that it's a worry and a nervous time. I seem to have, you know, got through this 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 round of, of redundancies and there's always positivity at Microsoft. There's always, okay, unfortunately that's going on, but look, this is where we're going for the future. And as you know, you know, AI is the way that things have kind of turned. The industry is very focused on where we're going with AI now. So there's a lot to focus on to take your you know, divert your attention away from that negative side of, of unfortunately what can and does happen. And and like I say, you know, I was struck by even the amazing talent that we all knew, knew of, you know, in, in the community were, were impacted by the very redundancies as well. So I, I don't, I think if it's your time, it's your time. It's as simple as that. So it's almost like there's no point worrying about it. If it's going to happen, it'll happen. Just get on with it, move on to the next role. And and that's exactly what it feels like. So as much as I'm disappointed for those folks that, that left off, part of me thought, well, they're not going to be without for long. They're capable, intelligent, brilliant people. They're going to land a, a, another role. And look, even if they they felt Microsoft was the place they wanted to end their kind of, you know, retire from, Microsoft are already hiring back into certain roles now anyway, you know, so we, we knew that was going to happen. It's just an unfortunate situation, you know, and I think... Um, yeah, so hopefully that makes a bit of sense, Matt. But um, negative, not a great place to be at the time. Managed to get through it. Huge amount of positivity in Microsoft generally anyway to kind of focus on. So it's almost like, and do you know what? Actually, um, uh, an ex-colleague of mine at BT, the, the lady that got me into Microsoft, she was unfortunately made redundant. And she, you know, and I was like, wow, you know, you brought me in and now you're being made redundant. This doesn't feel right somehow. And she was so positive about the experience um that, that she was telling me john you know life's too short there's no point worrying about it you just go on to the next thing and it's like honestly i remember when i first started my career and unfortunately been through redundancy scenarios many times and there's such a nervy worrying time to be in and, and to be in that position of just being able to go well say la vie 
what will be will be, I thought is a really strong position to be in if you can get there. You know, with that mental headspace as well, just I think that sets you up well because it's more about you can't control a lot of things. You know, what you can control is your reaction to what happens. So you can either be really doom and gloom and negative and down in the dumps, which, you know, arguably there's, yeah, it's a difficult position. Or you can choose to turn that around and go, well, actually, I'm going to, make this a you know a new door opening you know so i mean you know maybe there's a bit of food for thought there for anybody facing those kind of experiences now but i think it's like anything the, the more the more more of a positive spin you can you know put your mind into i think the better the outcome is, is what i genuinely believe and like i say my my ex-colleague now that got me into microsoft went through that and she like i say it's quite inspirational when you hear somebody say that to you that's going through it it's like oh well whatever will be will be i'm going to get on with it and she's landed a fantastic job now and she's doing what she was doing at Microsoft, you know? So it's like you can choose what to do in those scenarios. Yeah, cool. Um, you mentioned earlier on, or I've seen online, John, that you've been on holiday. So uh, I know you from, I know you quite well. So your son's the new Welsh Wizard uh, ice hockey player. Is there, is there a new oh. Wayne Gretzky? Tell us all about that. Well, I don't know about Wayne Gretzky. He's getting there. <laughs> He's getting there. So, well, actually, yeah, yeah, I've been on holiday. Me and the wife had these two weeks booked off, the last two weeks booked off. And, um, you know, we booked them off a little while ago thinking, well, we'll have a nice, you know, family, son, you know, holiday in the sun somewhere. We'll book something, wherever it might be. And then not long after we booked the time off, my son got offered uh, the opportunity to go out to Slovakia, of all places, um, you know, Eastern Europe, Canada, North America, anybody that's into ice hockey will know they're kind of the places to be, you know, if, if you want to play with the best the best so yeah he was offered this spot on um on on a team to go out to uh slovakia and yeah he could you know obviously go with a parent or go alone and i thought oh, i'll go with the, I'll put myself on it have a little look so we, we agreed he's actually off to austria the end of next week to do another gb thing with hockey but um so i said to the wife I said well look if i go to slovakia how do you fancy going out with him to austria and you know <laughs> we'll kind of have our, have our holidays but just without each other <laughs> it sounds bizarre but it kind of almost worked but um yeah so look I, I ended up having um just just shy of a week out in Slovakia which do you know what I've never been I don't know if you guys have been out to, to, to those parts of the world before but um a good friend of mine one of the dads in the hockey he, he lives that's where he's from in Slovakia and you know he's been saying to me for years come out to Slovakia get Lewis my son out there just to play and what whatnot and and I guess because of the the language barrier, maybe, and the fact that he's probably that little bit further east, I guess, in Europe, I said to my friend, it's like, I, I've never considered coming out these parts for, for a holiday. But honestly, the, the weather was in the early 30s. It was literally sweltering. Um, you know, he was a fantastic host. So, you know, we all flew out on the day before. He took us up to the boating lakes. We had a tour of all the different restaurants. You know, there's no chains out there. There's no McDonald's, no Burger Kings. It's all traditional, um, you know, local community family-run businesses. And Anton, my my friend, who he was telling me, he said, "Yeah, they, the, the the town's petitioned not to have the chains out there because it, it disrupts local." So it's really, it felt really um, quaint and authentic. You know, it was really lovely, beautiful part of the world, very green, which I was surprised with. I mean, you see those parts of the world that have kind of been war-torn to a certain extent. And it was probably only about 20 miles from the Ukrainian border, the west side of Ukraine. So we didn't really know what to expect out there, if I was honest, but it was luscious green farming 
land with very small towns that were kind of dispersed that we were driving between. So, yeah, uh, and obviously finding the coldest ice rinks in Eastern Europe as well, which I sat in a few of them over the last week or two. But um, no, it was a good, good bit of fun. Good, good ice hockey played as well, which is always the, 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 the part of it. And yeah, waiting for the ice hockey season to start, which will be next weekend now. Well, actually, certain teams have started. So yeah, ice hockey in the UK, we've got to give it up now. Oh, and I'm looking for a sponsor for my son as well. So if anybody's local business, <laughs> little plug there. So, uh, but yeah. So yeah, so um, just finishing off the last day of the holidays now before going back to work. Fantastic. Well, th thanks again for your time joining us, certainly on a, a day off. But yeah, looking forward to the hockey coming back as well. Uh, you know who I support, don't you? So um, <laughs> also, you, you you get quite hands-on with lots of different gadgets. I've seen you play with uh, different Elgato equipment and drones and so on. Are there any gadgets that you've, you've got time for at the moment that you're trying out? Do you know, not recently. I think the... Um... The most recent one actually was probably the drone, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I had my time playing with the, the, the Elgato and the, the, the lighting. And, and I was actually saying, uh, what's happened is my son has come back from Canada. He's now living over in a flat where my office, my office is still there, but it's turned into his games room. So you can, you can imagine the dynamic going on there. I've either got to wake up a grumpy teenager in the morning to go and work from there. And so I haven't had... A whole heap of time. I think I said to you guys before on this, I've jumped on the laptop to do this podcast because I started the machine up for, you know, he's got his profile. I got mine login. It was just a massive update. And I was like, right, okay, I'll deal with this in a in another time. But yeah, I think the drone has been the, the biggest um, gadget that, do you know what? I've, I've loved playing with it. I don't know if any of you guys have got any drones, but um, it was it was one of those things that I didn't really know when I bought. I, I bought a bigger drone. I bought, I thought, big, it's bigger, bigger is going to be better, right? You know, that's the, that's the deal. I'll buy the big drone. But unfortunately, the bigger drones, you've got, a, got far more restrictions on them than the smaller, less than like 250 gram drones. So, but, you know, I still get to fly that around. And I was actually at one point, and I want to go back to it, but trying to, you, you you can get the SDK for the DJI kind of, you know, interop between the, the camera that you can you, you get on the drones. But I was going to try and write a little program to do. In fact, there was one show that I was going to try and do, which was, you know, incorporating things like object detection using the drone to kind of do a flyby over my street and, you know, plant something in my estate somewhere that it's looking for and just almost do like an automated flyby and, hook that into the camera feed and I was going to try and do a, a you know, <laughs> maybe a bit too, too much wishful thinking, but trying to like a live, um, you know, show on that, like a, a use group talk or something, but literally launch the drone out the window, have it do, have camera in camera and all this sort of stuff, but didn't come to be again, time got in the way, but yeah, there's, there's so much you can do with them. I thought, yeah, it's quite a cool concept, quite high, high power camera on the things as well. And just, like I say, you know, hooking into some of that, AI goodness that we've got now would be quite a quite a neat um, little side project, I think. So yeah, when I get the time back, which I'm hoping to fairly soon, that might be one of the first things I, I turn my hand to to try and uh, have a little bit more of a tinker with. Fantastic. I'll, I'll definitely be interested in that one. And I think there's a really good place to wrap things up. So thank you very much, John, for joining us today. Um, where can people follow you online? You know, th no, firstly, thanks for having me on, guys. Been been a pleasure as always. Good to good to catch up and say hello. But yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at 
Johnny Chips, uh, that's Chips with a Z, on the end. Uh, and I've also got the www.johnnychips.com uh, website, which, uh, yeah, I think has been primarily about the Welsh Azure user group the last few months. Um, yeah, or follow the Welsh Azure user group. So it's at Welsh Azure on Twitter. Um, and you, know, you can catch up, join in the fun once a month um, on that user group. But, um, but yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It's been a pleasure and uh, nice to see you all looking well. Our pleasure. Thanks a lot, John. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you all next time. Take care.